Hey, uh, hey, again. Hey, Job. So today we are going to go over some uh, some listener questions from Twitter. Are we? Yeah. Wasn't where we had those. They're totally real listeners. I mean, listener questions from Twitter. Mm-hmm. Are you ready? Sure. Okay. Here's the first one. Uh huh. It's this is from uh, at Big Dicker sixty nine. It says. Sounds real so far. When do the dick come out? Can you let me know? I mean, like, uh, hopefully not anytime soon, because, like, we're recording a podcast, <laughs> and you can't pick up dick on sound anyway, so. Okay, hold on. Let me let me go through here. Mm-hmm. This next one mm-hmm. is from at F-A-D-P-O-D. Oh, that's which a real is, Twitter. Which is my wow. other podcast. Mm-hmm. Ooh, cross-promotion. Ooh brand awareness where is it at i have to pull it up here yeah, i could can you find your own twitter Jusby, that you run it, it, you know this is quite a puzzle you have to solve there's lots of moving pieces here you know it's really hard to find your own twitter that you own and operate just the app isn't working oh ooh, the app's not working for my bit <laughs> Jusby. all right did you find your garbage what do you do if you wake up at 3 a.m. and there's a Zimmer standing in your room? A Zimmer? I'm not giving you the context. Well, okay, so I'm going to make up my own then. Yes, so, uh, this, is the, this is the idea. So you just uh, you just hear, like, a noise. <laughs> uh, just, like, off in the distance. And it's just like... It's Hans Zimmer. He's in the corner of your room, just quietly orchestrating the plane scene from uh, The Dark Knight Rises. And uh, that's what I hear when I have sleep paralysis. Mm. Do you hear anything for sleep paralysis? I don't know if that's a thing. No. You just see demons. Sure. Or like... I don't know. You got any more questions? I got one more. Yeah? Yeah. It's from a user I don't want to disclose just because it's a real guy and I don't want to know if uh, I don't. He didn't actually. I'm, I'm going to come out of the bag here. These aren't actual replies to a anything tweet that you we didn't asked. Make? Yeah, yeah, these. I'm just reading not random actual replies to a not actual tweet. You I'm made reading random tweets with a question mark at the end. Oh, so oh, what great content! Go ahead. Uh, it says, "Are you cool if you don't jewel?" Yes. In fact, more so. <laughs> I'm inclined to agree, and let me take a hit from my jewel real quick. Mm-hmm. It sounded about as terrible as I thought it would. Yep, I agree. Do you have a, Do you have any last remarks here for this terrible intro? Yeah, I want to reply to the, the, the dick question real quick that came from a very passionate fan who totally knows who we are. And I just want to let him know that, sir... We're an audio format podcast, so therefore the dick can't actually come out because you will never be able to see it. Now, I can flop it out like so, but that doesn't help anybody. That's not, that's not your dick. Don't tell the kids that. You're a liar. This is like telling people that Santa isn't real. Well, he's not. Only Airbud is real. <laughs> and, and the Santa buddies. <laughs> Santa buddies? Yeah. Uh, is that a real thing? We've 
we've already discussed this at length. Did you not do your homework on the Airbud chronology? Oh, I totally forgot already. <laughs> Fucking idiot. Santa Claus. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. I'm wrong. Let me correct myself. Santa Paws <laughs> needs help. So he enlists Airbud's puppies to deliver presents for him. Do you not remember this? No. Well, we'll have to watch all of them one day to really get into the nitty gritty of this. I just remember the one where they went to Vietnam and then one of the little puppies gets shot. You made that one up! Oh my god! It's not even as crazy as Santa Buddies, to be honest. <laughs> if you made up one that isn't as weird as the ones that exist. I, don't, I think it's impossible. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. All of our conversations go straight to air, bud. Well, it had to go somewhere interesting instead of dicks. Had to bring up dogs. Oh, God, stop doing that, Justin. What the fuck? I'm horny. Don't fuck the podcast. That's rude. Job show. Uh, that's again. Nope. And I'm a job. Possibly. And we talk about bullshit you don't give a fuck about. Well, I mean, you, you, you might not give a fuck about us talking about it. You might give a fuck about the stuff that happened. That's fair. Like the, the, the news items that we deem necessary to talk about. Oh, we got a few of those today. Just like, you know, five or six or twelve things that are not important really, in the large scale of things. Yeah, but it's important to us. We usually don't talk about, you know, Trump's adventures. <laughs> Trump's extreme sports adventures. I don't know. We do uh, we do talk about Elon Musk smoking pot, and I feel like that was an important cultural event. We did, so was the Beatles jerking <laughs> off, but that's atypical for our show. We usually, <laughs> we usually just talk about Resident Evil, or Airbud. Oh. oh, speaking of that, Ken Hart. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of that, you've been playing another Resident Evil game. You started Co-Veronica Hex today. <laughs> okay, today, Hex. last week. Uh, Tell me yeah, about it. it's um, I like it a lot. I I've been uh looking up certain things about it because uh, I'm very curious about how it uh it came to be. <laughs> I um, uh, just a disclaimer: I played this game many years ago on the Sega Dreamcast. I could see that. Yeah, I love this game. Um, I think I do too, despite the fact that it is uh, awful. Oh, it's so fucking funny. Uh, but but it's 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 like so bad it's good. The right. Cutscenes. It's genuinely some of the most entertaining cutscenes I've seen in a game in a long time. They're so goddamn funny. Everyone. It's a tour de force of bad acting. Just every single character oh, just puts awful. in the worst performance they possibly could for that character. Just the weirdest decisions they can make. Just the weirdest noises they can make. <laughs> um, I I, I want to give a particular shout out to whoever plays Steve Burnside. Oh my god! And to it's whoever whoever plays uh, the Ashford uh, twins, who are one person. Spoiler. Uh, what? Well, technically they're two people, but for a large period of the game they're they're not it's a the psychopathic male twin 
thinking he's also the female one. Uh, which is a little problematic, the way they handle it. Uh, <laughs> for instance, Claire, good old Claire, Resident Evil mainstay, good protagonist, is, calls him a cross-dressing freak. And uh, they just, you know, I mean, it is a bad guy. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. But, like, hey, dated. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what it is. You have to keep in mind, yeah, this is a Sega Dreamcast game. Like, yes. Uh, you want to know how dated it was? Well, yeah. Hey, sometimes you update shit, and Dreamcast it works out game, great. Uh, re-released for the PlayStation 2? And then... Yes. And because then the PS2 the uh, killed the Dreamcast, basically. Right, so, like, Well, fuck. the Dreamcast kind of committed suicide a little bit. It committed suicide. By, uh... Let, let's be fair here. I'm going to put this out there. Uh-huh. Everybody doesn't think the Dreamcast, like, just got killed by something else. The Dreamcast would have been much more successful if it actually made money off its games. Problem was, no games made money because everybody pirated them. There <laughs> well, was some no games cost- made money. I don't know if how prevalent pirating was. Oh, it was absolutely back then. was. Jesus Christ! Not as much as it is easy now. Well, the thing is, it wasn't it also or wasn't even five years ago. Yeah, think about saying. it. It also wasn't as policed. Where you had that's true. That's true. Where you had uh, at one point. The existence of the Pirate Bay and how hard it was to shut down Ooh, yeah. during our time, mm-hmm. like where we were really in the computers. Uh, back when the Dreamcast Dreamcast piracy was rampant, there were just websites you could just go onto and download the games. Yeah, because nobody policed it. There wasn't a whole lot Sega could do back then because of that. Right, it was hard yeah, to police. I guess back that's then. true. There was a lot of shit going on in the same time, like a Napster and uh, shit like that. Oh, piracy was actually uh, way pretty easier. rampant. Yeah, yeah. No, it wasn't as safe. To be fair, oh no, uh, it was it was really easy to get viruses. Hey, small price to pay to get some in sync songs. Just get some fucking good old viruses on your CPU. LimeWire, baby. LimeWire. But anyway, back to this game. Uh, so I'm not entirely certain what they add for the X version. I'm playing it on PS4, so it's an HD-ified. I but not really. Not really. It's just, code it's just slightly up-res textures. It's not even slightly by that much. Slightly up-res. It's not as HD even as the ports of Resident Evil Remake and Resident Evil Zero. It's it's basically just a... It has the me- like save to the memory card slot and everything. The PS2 logo. And uh, the cutscenes. The uh, There's two kinds of cutscenes in that game. There's these pre-rendered ones that aren't actual in-game graphics. Right. That happen... Every now and then. And funny enough, they look worse now. They look worse now because they were designed to probably be played on older televisions. On a PS2. Yes. Right, you have to think about it. Just, just Even if you port a game to a better console, right, it usually just ends up running better because you just have better hardware for it to run on. Sure. There's... So, when you have... But those cutscenes are pre-rendered, so they don't change. So all you do is port the cutscenes over, they stay the same quality. Yeah, uh, there's kind of a similar issue with uh, Resident Evil 4. Not the base game, but separate ways, which was where you play as Ada in Resident Evil 4. Uh, all the cutscenes, all of them in separate ways, uh, look like dog shit. Uh, because they didn't update those ones. They updated the base games, but not separate ways. Uh, I think that's because those were developed specifically for PS2, and uh, it might be harder to do that. I don't know the specifics of that, but they sure didn't do anything to them. They are... It's like watching a YouTube video in, like, lower than 360p. (laughs) 
No oh, god. <laughs> it's like some shit. But uh so Code Veronica does a lot of interesting things from a gameplay perspective though. And it makes me excited for the potential of them uh revisiting it one day cuz I think it's possible. I think so. Code Veronica is a very beloved game in the Resident Evil community because of stuff like that. Yeah. And one of the reasons I like it a lot too is cuz it's while it has the same fundamentals as every other Resident Evil game, it's very different. Yeah, I think uh, the, the main thing that strikes me... Uh, there's two main things. Uh, the first one is, in your typical, or at least at the time typical Resident Evil games, the uh, the way the maps work is, uh, I don't know, let's just say Resident Evil, for example, the first one. You got the mansion, and that's your main area we're going to be spending most of the game, is the mansion. And that's like 20 rooms full of shit. But then there's sub-areas, like the Lisa Trevor house, and the underground shit, and the labs, and those are all connected to the mansion, and eventually you just go to those areas. In Resident Evil 2, it's more like, kind of just level-based, because you don't have to go back to the police station as much. Right. They're all connected to the police station, but it's kind of like, oh, you're done with the police station now, here's the sewers level. Oh, you're done with the sewers now. Here's the labs level. Code Veronica is kind of interesting because it kind of has, like, five maps that are all interconnected and you have to constantly go back to all of them. There's a prison. There's a little mansion. There's a fucking submarine area. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's all kinds of weird military-based shenanigans going on. There's another mansion... <laughs> And then, after all that, there's Antarctica Labs, <laughs> which I haven't got to yet, but ooh, it looks, ooh. <laughs> and, uh, it's something. And uh, the other major different thing it does is, for Resident Evil and Resident Evil 2, it was designed to be played twice, you know, Chris, Jill, or Leon Claire. Specifically for Resident Evil 2, it was designed with uh, playing a B scenario in mind where things are a little different. And the remake carries over the spirit of that pretty much. But something that does strike me about it is for an ultra-casual person that isn't a huge fan of Resident Evil like me, or or you even, because you platted the game too, uh, I, I feel like there is probably a solid percentage of people that just beat Leon A and then don't ever play the game again. Which is strange to me. It's strange to me, but with Code Veronica, the way the game is designed does not let you do that. Right. Because you do not beat the game when you beat Disc 1. What used to be Disc 1, which is all Claire shit. The Disc 2 is like mostly Chris shit in the same areas, but then it's different shit you're doing. And you're getting different things. And that's really interesting to me that the game just continues. It's not that the scenarios are side-by-side side happening at the same time. One happens, then the other happens. Yeah, it's half and Making half. it so it's one scenario instead of two. I think that's kind of an interesting thing that they've sort of revisited down the line. Like, for example, with Seven, where you play as Ethan, and then you play as Mia... Then he plays Ethan again. But it's not like any of that happens concurrently. It's just one solid narrative all the way down the line. 
And that works. And that in intrigues me. However, oh my god, the story is dumb. <laughs> but it's so gloriously dumb that I can't help but enjoy every single moment of it. God damn, the worst cutscenes ever. Oh, it's so. Or funny. the best, depending on your, uh, you know, how you how you want to look at things. Uh, I am. I'm not too too deep in it. I know some things that happen later. Uh, I think I'm about to. I just got the golden guns from fucking Steve, who, like, makes you give him better guns before he gives them to you, because he's a fucking asshole. <laughs> oh yeah. God damn it, Steve creepiest motherfucker what is what is he giant piece of shit it's really weird to me to think about because so they changed his haircut i don't know if you know this so on dreamcast he had a haircut that looks basically like what leon's hair is in four yeah so okay. like a classic leonardo dicaprio haircut. right and then they changed it to really short in they X. changed it for x maybe because they were about to have Leon have that hair in four. But, like, what? <laughs> why? Why any of that? I don't know. It's like they have... It's- why does the franchise have two different Leonardo DiCaprio lookalikes? Why aren't they the same character? Why did they have to put Steve in the game at all if it's coming off of a... Se- if it's a sequel to two? Because they wanted uh, Leon to be out doing something else. Because they wrote themselves into a corner having Leon-Ada romance, and they wanted a Claire romance, even though they kill Steve in this game. Spoilers. Really dumb. Really dumb. (laughs) And his character is obnoxious. Now, I've never played uh, Darkseid Chronicles, but I guess there's a revamp, as it were, of this game in that. There's also a revamp of it in uh, Resident Evil Survivor 2, which uh, I don't know if you know about those. Oh yeah, I know about the them. Survivor series is light gun games uh, that are bad, and the first one is its own story that's bad, and probably one of the worst Resident Evil games out there, one of the most notoriously bad. But two is Code Veronica, except it's a light gun game, and you play as Claire and Steve for most of it, and then I think later Claire and Chris. And that's weird, because that gives a lot more agency to Steve as a character who just kind of runs away from you the whole game, as far as I can tell. Uh, So maybe he's a better character in some of those, but in the base game that we have here, he is probably, quite possibly, the worst character in Resident Evil. (laughs) I think so. I think he's horrendous. And also, his entire plot is... uh, you find him, he says a snide remark, yeah. and then runs away from you. I need to see this cutscene. I've heard it alluded to, but like... So there's a part we have to play as Steve. Right. And he has those badass machine guns you just found. And uh, I, I hate how they they make him whiny, but also somehow badass at the same time. He's, or at least they try to. He's just a whiny bitch badass. It doesn't make... It doesn't collide very well. It right. doesn't mesh. Uh, but, so you have this thing where you play as him, and he's like, I'll just go ahead, and I'll kill all the zombies. He says it like that, too, basically. Yeah. And, uh, so you have the option to not do that, and I didn't do that, because I killed all the zombies. But, like, the implication of that part is that you're killing all the zombies, and then Claire follows through after you. After you kill the zombies. So if you don't kill them all, 
I guess there's a different cutscene that plays, and Claire, like, bitches at him for not killing any of the zombies, and he just, like, calls her fat or something. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you could just not do that. You just run past all the zombies? Yeah, I mean, it's oh. probably dangerous to do that, but who cares if Chris... I mean, st- sorry, Steve... I think you still get a game over if Steve dies. Yeah, well, who cares if Steve gets into, like, red? Right. Because you don't ever have to play as him ever again, I think. So, fuck it. No, that's the only time. That's why I killed all the zombies, though, because I was okay with wasting the ammo of his machine gun. Because fuck it. I don't ever have to worry about that again. And he wastes it anyway when he shoots it at a wall when you bring up the concept of people. (laughs) 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 People are fucking gay, (laughs) alright? He just runs away. (laughs) I hate Steve so much. Oh, God. But, uh, that being said, as much as I hate that, I love it because it's so goddamn funny. I'm looking forward to every cutscene in that game. In like a similar way to like playing a Metal Gear game where I'm like, what what insane crap is going to happen next? Metal Gear is ri- written better and not as stupid, but it kind of gives me that same vibe, especially from like the way action plays out in that game. That's probably where Resident Evil jumped the shark uh, for the first time. I mean, I don't know, maybe it happened immediately, but, like, because <laughs> it's always been stupid. But a lot of people point to 4 and go, like, 4, you just jump out of windows, you run away from boulders, and the whole game's crazy. And I'm like, look, like, the opening of Code Veronica is Claire running away from a helicopter and a machine gun bullets easily, and then she kills, like, 90 people. So, like, I don't want to hear it, really. It's a different kind of game than 4, but they were going to go that way anyway. There was nothing stopping them whatsoever. I I absolutely agree. Resident Evil 6 was inevitable. You ain't got to blame just 4. They were going to get to that stupid point eventually. (sighs) But, uh, I don't know. Have you been playing anything? I've been playing Besides the Battle Royale games. Right. Basically the same two games. Uh, I have plans for some yeah. stuff I'm going to play. Um, I'm going to finally inst- in- reinstall and beat Red Dead Redemption 2. Ooh. Which is uh, something I just haven't been doing. Mainly because of hard drive space error like, issues I've been having. So I've been waiting that until game I... game is a big game. Right. It- it's way too big. I have a base 500 gigabyte hard drive on my PlayStation 4. And it sucks. Because that's like a fifth of it to install Red It's Dead. more than that, yeah. Yeah. It's like 100... I have the digital version, so it's like 120 gigs. Yeah. Way too much. Yeah. So I have to delete a bunch of shit, so I wanted to finish a bunch of the games I was working on before I did it. Mm-hmm. So I got my Resident Evil 2 plat. I'm probably going to delete, like, everything else on my fucking hard drive, besides the games that I play consistently, and download Red Dead... And finally beat it. How close do you think you are? That's like a five-chapter game? Yeah, I am far out. Okay. Like you're in chapter what? I'm in chapter three. Okay. But chapter f- chapters four and five apparently are really fucking long. And also there's an epilogue. That's a big backburner game for me. Like, I don't even want to start it for a while. Because I got so many games that I want to play and plat and work on. And that game is going to distract me from doing any of that. Because that game is so long to do anything in. Also, I don't I don't know. We're going to wait till it's like 30 bucks. 
That'll happen eventually. It's already like on sale for a little bit, like a like a forty dollar, I think. Our friend has a physical copy. You could probably borrow in the future. Yeah, well, you know, there's a bunch of other games I should play first. I don't know if I have the room on my console, even if it's a physical. No, you're gonna have to delete <laughs> some shit. Yeah. Your physical doesn't help. Only only helps by like twenty gigs. <laughs> you saw that download a hundred gigs. It's, it, no, it's oh. 90, so you're saving, what, 30 gigs by oh. playing physical? Oh, thank God. What a great advantage of having the physical version. Oof. Thanks, Rockstar. Yeah, it's not, it's not very, very good. Anyway, speaking of video games, here's some video game news. Um, yeah? The EVO 2019 lineup was announced for anybody who is interested in fighting games, like me. Oh, boy, fighting. So... Here's what we got. We have Undernight in Birth. Who? Right. Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Yay! Dragon Ball Fighters. Hey, it's back. That's good. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Everybody was worried that it actually wasn't going to be because of because uh, well, the producer of Tekken went on to do. He's like doing esports shit for Namco Bandai now. Yeah, I'm glad because there was uh, lots of heavy rumors that that game was going to be dead, and I'm glad that's not happening, because it's a good game. Yeah, there's a lot of Namco Bandai on this list this year. Uh, Blaze Blue <laughs> Cross Tag Battle. Uh, that, that makes sense. That's still doing stuff, I guess. They always have whatever Blaze Blue game's current. Yeah. Uh, Tekken 7, obviously. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Street Fighter 5, obviously. Yeah. Soul Calibur 6. First time it's there, that makes sense. Right. Mortal Kombat 11, not surprising. They always do whatever NetherRealm game's there. Is that the one that's not out yet? Yeah, it will be out in, what, April? Okay, that doesn't leave people a lot of time, but I guess like some fighting game pros are already playing it. Yeah, it's uh, it's th- it'll be what three months after launch. Yeah, They've done tighter I mean, ones. It's, it's another Mortal Kombat game. I'm sure they'll be able to pick it up. It's fine. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm positive. NetherRealm games mostly play the same with slight quirks that have changed. So anybody who plays Injustice and Mortal Kombat consistently, competitively, will be able to pick up eleven. Okay. And the last okay. one is Samurai Showdown. Now. Just, just be. Why is it significant that the? Oh, because that's the last one. Oh Ooh. yeah, what? There's no melee on this list. What's missing here? Uh oh. Yeah, there's no Super Smash Brothers melee here. Uh oh. So, uh, I assume the melee subsections of the Smash community are uh on fire right now. Are they? Are they sort reacting of. poorly? <laughs> it's interesting. It's actually a mix. Okay. Well, it always has been. There's always been people... I guess it helps that Ultimate is the best Smash games so far, in my opinion. Uh, as far as just, like, basic... like like It's better than 4, and it's way better than Brawl. So I think that does give some people some leeway to go like, yeah, I could leave Melee behind. Right, yeah. But not everybody... I'm sure there's some false. Well, there's people. a lot of people. Evo has its own level of importance for the fighting game community in general, where it is 100% the biggest fighting game event every year. It's the one that the most people watch. It's the one that the most advertisers watch. It's big for the scene, for and for the scene. If your game gets into Evo, it's huge for your scene. Mm-hmm. Always, right? Now, Melee's been at Evo for a while now, and it was the. Uh, it was, I think, the second or third most watched game at Evo 2018. Uh, I think Dragon Melee, Ball. Melee was. Right. 
Dragon Ball, I know, had super, had was the highest viewership, and then uh, Street Fighter might have been second, or Street Fighter was third. I forget which the order is for that one. But Street Fighter's still super popular because it's Street Fighter. It'll always, it always will be. So let me ask you a question. Yes. Uh, if a game is gone from Evo, is that gone forever now, or could it be back next? It could year? be back next year. Is there any precedent for that? No, or? none at all. Uh, Evo wasn't it? No, mainly wasn't the Evo for a while, and then uh. Came back to it? Right, and then came back to it, and then it's been there consistently for, I think, the past, like, five years. Okay. Six years, and then now it's gone again. Well, this could just be a whatever, and people could be worried for nothing, because right. it could be back next year. Not too many people, no, like, there's a lot of people, like... Or it could not. Non-pros in the scene that are super worried. Uh, there's a lot of people that are just like, okay, we gotta pick it up by our bootstraps and just keep going, doesn't matter. Uh... Melee is very unique compared to a lot of other fighting games in that its entire competitive upbringing was all grassroots and had nothing to do with the parent company of the game. Where yeah, you have... At a certain point, Nintendo didn't want to support that because that's the old At Smash. no point did Nintendo want to support Melee. <laughs> not Actually. Even, not even, like, in 2001. Oh, absolutely. They didn't... Uh, Sakurai didn't want it being played as a competitive game. So when the... <sighs> okay. And uh, Brawl, partially what... Why Brawl's mechanics were so fucking weird is because melee, competitive well, melee it to was be it. for fun and not for glory. Right. Yeah, I got you. So, yeah, so when competitive melee was at a big peak at that time, uh, Sakurai was like, fuck you. I don't want my game to be competitive. And then put some features in Brawl. Him and his team put some features in Brawl that were questionable at best. Trippin'. Yeah, shit like that. And Subspace Emissary. I'm just kidding. <laughs> So, a lot of the bigger Melee players are seeing this and just going, you know, we've we've not had EVO before. It's not going to kill us to not have EVO now. Which is my take. I'm surprised by it. But I don't think it's going to kill Melee or anything like that. Anybody who's saying that's no, overreacting. but, like, you know, let's face it. You guys had a pretty good run. If it is over, at least at EVO... I think you should just be okay with that. I Considering don't think it's a big deal. this game has been around for how long, Jusby? Thirteen years. Only thirteen years? No, more than that now. I thought that game came out in two thousand. No, no, it's it's old enough to uh, it's old enough to buy cigarettes now. It's eighteen years old. <laughs> That's a really long shelf life for a fighting game. Now, certain fighting games will never die. People still play Street Fighter Two. Oh, Street Fighter Two will be an Evo. Street Fighter Two will be an Evo. Just it's not a side event. on the main stage. Right. And Melee will be at Evo. It's not on the main stage. And that's fine. Those are for newer games. That kind of makes sense for that to be like that. I melee is melee an outlier, will. and it's been an outlier for a while. I don't think there's going to be any Melee tournaments at Evo, and let me tell you why. Huh? Uh, melee's too big of a game that if you try to hold a side event for it, it'll be overcrowded and impossible to run. I guess that makes sense, but... The thing you, people can run a, a Super Street God. Fighter 2 Turbo Tournament. Yeah. Because there's only, like, about 50, 60 people who would go to EVO to play Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo. So it can work out. I guess, but, like, with other Smash games happening at the same time, maybe it wouldn't be as big of a Well, most, most pros aren't going to play in a side melee tournament when they have to prepare for Ultimate. Mm -hmm. you, you, you'll bet your sweet ass every single melee pro is just going to enter for Ultimate at EVO. Most yeah. of them already still already play Ultimate anyway now. I mean, you have, like, the, uh, the Smash Ultimate Summit coming up, right? Uh-huh. Which is the summit events are this uh, this one company who who did this 
these kind of events with uh, with Dota for a while, where you br- you bring in like a bunch of the the highest level players, and uh, you just put them in a house together for a few days, and you do a tournament and a bunch of other fun shit. And it's yeah, a really cool those chill look time. fun. They do some stupid shit. Oh, always around the world. <laughs> oh my god! And uh, for the ultimate summit, and the the way people get into work, they the summit themselves nominate a few people to automatically get in, and then the rest of it's community voted and funded. Okay. And there's a lot of... People were complaining there was some drama on Twitter for a little bit because uh, Mango, uh, Melee God, uh-huh. got into Ultimate Summit even though he hasn't played in a single Ultimate Tournament yet. Yeah, but it kind of makes sense, doesn't it? Right. I don't know. That's, that's, so. that's my take. I think it makes sense that because he's going to be good at Ultimate, obviously. And, like, Armada got in, but he we already know he's good so at you're Ultimate. you're putting something on for people to watch. Right. And he is a well-known figure. Oh, he is. He's the... He's the so, most... yeah, of course he is. He's the most popular Melee player. And, yeah. And there are people nowadays, because Mango's made such a career for himself just out of his streaming, let alone uh-huh. his, his Melee tournaments, that more, more people have found out about Mango through streaming now, I'd say, than Melee. Yeah, so you're going to invite that guy. That makes sense. Right. Makes sense. Big dude. Makes sense. Yeah. Bring a big personality on. So, Hung- well, that's whatever. Hungrybox didn't get invited. Ugh, ouch. Uh, <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I, is there any, like, drama that happens at those events? Because melee no. pros can be stupid. No, actually, melee pros aren't really that stupid. It's uh, actually just the other people that are stupid. The other the Smash part. people? Right. Just, like... Ah, uh, okay. I mean, they could... Melee I, I people can be toxic. in, in any... Well, really in anything that involves competition ever, uh, there are people that don't like each other. Right. Usually what happens... It it exceeds actually being a game for some people. What you usually see, like, this is with fighting games in general, all the people that are, like, at the top level of the game are kind of already friends because they they can relate to each other a lot. And they see each other a lot. they have to talk shit and prove anyway? Is they're fucking good. They're all about as good as each other. Yeah. Uh, so, you put them all in a house together, and it's just them fucking around and having a good time. Well, that's good. That's fine. I just don't want it to be like, fuck you, Ultimate sucks. No, that won't happen. Or anything like that, you know what I mean? No, they all enjoy Ultimate. That's Every... Good. Well, I think a lot more people enjoy it than 4, oh, yeah, for 100%. sure. It's just been a well-received game, most, by and all. Most Smash players in general, whether like you come from Melee or the other games enjoy ultimate because it's just a good smash game for once man yeah i haven't even played it that much and i still like you know have dreams about who can be dlc i think it (laughs) says something you know no yeah it's it's a big thing but yeah that's that's evo coming up it's still gonna be a great time i can't wait to watch dragon ball fighters Mm Mhm. that's my game so uh we got any more news? I got a couple movies I want to talk about, but let's do the news first. Well, the Oscars happened. You want to talk about that for oh, a second? Oh, God, that's not the movies I wanted to talk about. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, I guess we should. Fucking. So the the event that everybody cares about, the fucking Oscars, happened on Sunday. And I'm going to pull up a list of just some of the winners here, and I'm going to go through it very, very quick. I'm only going to talk about the ones that matter the most. <sighs> Uh, 
God, you know, there's not a whole lot I want to talk about positively. Just thinking about it. Fucking, I don't know. Most to, important award. To quote the great Yosef, fuck the Oscars, man. <laughs> most important award to most of us, best animated feature, went to Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. You know, probably one of the only good moves they made all night. That was a good move. Uh, no, they made a couple good moves. Yeah, like uh, like the this dude was who... a diverse Oscars. Lots of people won, of all different races and sexes. Hooray! But then you look at some of the movies. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, you have the Roma director winning best director, which was a, which is great because he was really good. He also won best cinematography. That's fine. Um, you have... Funny that you can win Best Director and Best Cinematography and yet not win Best Picture. One that made me want to die was uh, Best Editing went to the guy who did Bohemian Rhapsody. His yeah, name so... Is, uh, his name is John Ottman, and I want to I want to uh, throw him against the locker and fight him. <laughs> Ow. Let's talk about that briefly for a second. Let's take a step back. We have not seen Bohemian Rhapsody, right? You haven't seen it? I've seen enough. You saw the one thing on Twitter that was edited poorly, and so did I. That's enough. And I've seen a couple clips here and there. Yeah, that at least tells me it's edited bad. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's commendable that he was even able to edit a film together. Because remember how Brian Singer was like, guys, bye. And then they were just like, oh, fuck, we have to make the rest of the movie without our director. So who knows what happened? Maybe uh, he just had to tie it together. <laughs> in, a, in a really dope moment, uh, Best Adapted Screenplay went to Black Klansman. Spike Lee finally got his Oscar after all these years. That's cool. Oh, there's a there's a couple Spike Lee things I want to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I mean, that don't involve a Spike Lee film, but just involve Spike Lee himself. Oh, during like his speech during the Oscars. Uh, because that that happened. Yeah, I mean, it was it was fine. I don't know. People were oh oh, you out mean because Trump saying that he attacked him or something? Yeah, but he didn't even say Trump's uh, name once. No, actually, uh, about other things. I'll get to them as we go along. Because uh, in case you don't know what one best picture, let's get to that first. Yeah, just a couple more. I'm going to go to the last, that Best Picture last, because we're probably going to talk about that for a minute. Yeah, sure. But let's dunk on some other things first. Right. Uh, best Original Score with the Black Panther, whatever. The Best Original Score wasn't even on this list. Uh, Black Panther deserves it. It's good. Kendrick score is it's good, good shit. It's good. Oh, I'll give it that. Oh, you mean soundtrack? Best soundtrack right. or score did it get? It got, uh, it got score, which is fair. I don't know if they consider the Kendrick songs part of the score, or if that's just the generic Marvel music. All right, so best music, uh, oh, whatever. That's fine. Best supporting actress went for uh, went to Regina King for her role in uh, If Beale Street Could Talk, which I heard is amazing. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen a lot of the movies nominated. Um, best supporting actor went to Marshall Marshall Ali, which made me super happy just because he's great. Yeah, why is that supporting though? Because from what I know about Green Book, there's like. Two people in it. <laughs> Apparently he's the supporting role. He's on the poster just as much as Viggo Mortensen is. Yep, and he was he was nominated for the best actor category. <laughs> well, here's the here's the weird thing about that. The movie is about famous singer man uh-huh. and his driver. And yet right. the driver is the main character here. Right. And the singer is the supporting actor. Right. Also a black man. Right. White man main actor. Right. Oh boy, it solved racism, everybody! <laughs> oh boy! Oh god. Best actress went to Olivia Coleman for The Favorite, which I also heard is a great movie. 
from some people. I just I just don't go to the movies enough, guys. Uh, I don't go to the movies enough for movies like this. Uh, for this year, that was they actually also, probably a good also, thing. Also, none of them play around here. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think bum, I saw, I don't think I saw Green Book or Star is Born playing around us recently. Uh, the Star was Born Bohemian, did play. Bohemian Rhapsody did, of course. Yeah, the Star is Born did play around I here. I didn't care to see it. That was a, pretty, that was a wide release. Yeah. But, uh... No, a lot of these other movies didn't. I didn't not. care to see a Star Is Born either. It just didn't really hook me. It's not it, much. It seemed movie. like it seemed like I knew what that movie was going to be before I watched it. Right. I, I just didn't care. Speaking of movies you can see before you watch it, uh, Rami Malek won Best Actor for his role in Bohemian Rhapsody, which uh, I I don't know. I guess you could give it to him for his ability to just copy. Ouch! I love Rami Malek, but that's what you're doing for that role. Hey, he had to wear teeth. Great. <laughs> Give it to Christian Bale every year. The man fucking puts on 90 pounds and just I would. Becomes... Was he nominated for his role in Vice? Yes. Yeah, he was. He should have gotten it. Because he became Dick Cheney. <laughs> Insane. Look, Rami Malek had to put in teeth. He didn't get surgery to have his teeth be fucked up forever. Also, Willem Dafoe got nodded, which, at Eternity's Gate, is apparently a fucking wild-ass movie. <laughs> I saw a good meme where he looked like disappointed and like for some reason in the crowd at one point and it said when you have to watch Spider Man win again. <laughs> that was funny shit. He's a great champ about it. There's a Yeah. I forget which uh god what where it came from. But uh there was a kinda like a long interview video with him where they just went through like his biggest roles and they just talked about him. And he talked very fondly of his time doing Spider Man. Oh yeah, that's a uh I forget the publication that does those. Yeah, movies. I don't remember either. I, I, yeah, well, you could look it up just by looking up Willem Dafoe. I don't care. Right, but uh, he um, talked very, very fondly of it. He said he had so much fun. I, you can tell. Right. Oh, my God. He, so, he doesn't care if he's being cheesy. He's like, this is fucking great. I get to, like, crouch up on a desk and go, hey. Yeah, like, <laughs> that's basically what he was like. He was like, I got to be champion. He's like, I got to be so just out of control <laughs> he totally was it that's was so what good. Nicolas Cage is all the time and, and then, that's scary and then he but what I love about Willem Dafoe is that he can play this super super serious role he's a good actor man and at Attorney's Gate and uh he I would have given it to him just cause he's a beautiful man <laughs> I love him so much <laughs> he's great he's a great guy alright now let's get to the meat and potatoes there's nothing else I mean best original screenplay went to Green Book fuck you and then <laughs> Best Picture also went to Green Book. Fuck you! So we haven't seen Green Book, so it's it's kind of limited what we could say about it. Here's, here's, alright, I got a friend. I'm not going to say his name on the podcast and how he feels about it. But he's, he's my authority source on movies. If there's something that I can't see, but he's seen, and he'll give me a lowdown if I need to watch it or not, and he's usually right. Because then if I don't listen to him and then I watch it, I was like, oh, I shouldn't have watched that. And then he... When he described Green Book to me, it was the, uh, he said it, it was the, I have a black friend of racially charged film. Yeah, I have a black friend, so I can't be racist. Of right. Movies. Yeah, something like that, he said. Uh, because he, he told me that too. And, uh, from, from the response that it's getting, can kind of see you that. Uh, going back to Spike Lee, do, do you... Do you know what reportedly he did when Green Book was, oh, was yeah. named? Yes, he walked uh, all the way to the back room, <laughs> to the back of the room at the Oscars and just turned to the wall. He was pissed. Yeah, he didn't face the stage. He faced the wall instead of uh, 
Yeah, because he was mad. Now, I guess you could, like, because let's not pretend that Spike Lee's not also a crazy person. Oh, he's a madman. That doesn't really strike me as he's disappointed that he didn't win, though. That strikes me as he's disappointed for, uh, in the Academy, for, again, this kind of movie wins. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's just... It just just always happens. It's one of those, like, you know, hey, white people, high five. We did it! We solved racism! And then the black guy's like, what? (laughs) That's one of those kind of things. Right. Uh, There's a great sketch uh, that you guys should check out. It's on YouTube. It's from a Showtime show. God, I forget these guys' names. Uh, I'll figure it out right now. But uh, in the sketch, they basically make... uh, their own uh, green book and uh, kind of like make the scenes more about what the movie is to them, which is, you know, a white guy saying really racist things, but he's a friends with the black guy. So that's okay. Uh, Desus and Marrow. On oh, Showtime. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. The greenest They're book great. is the name of the sketch uh, is a fantastic sketch. Uh, the ending with it where they get pulled over by a cop is, is the best part. Uh, but, um, it, it's it's just kind of this... I was talking about this earlier. It's just kind of easy to see the Academy's game now. Like, I don't know how they vote for what Best Picture is. But you can kind of see it almost every year. We're like, alright, we'll give this Best Director. And we'll give this guy Best Actor for this movie. And then we'll give this guy Best supporting actor for this other movie like we got to spread the wealth around so that nobody's really disappointed like yeah make spike lee happy give him best screenplay and yeah i give this but then what gets best picture it's the one that everybody said was not terrible no but not the best right and that sucks that's at least what it seems like because it's always like the safe choice do you know what i mean yeah absolutely almost always oh yeah spike lee has gotten robbed multiple times at the oscars already and black klansman is fucking amazing i really need to see black klansman it's fucking amazing and i'm glad he got an oscar for it but there's like at least two other films he should have gotten a best picture oscar for (laughs) yeah this is the only time he's won an oscar and that's kind of crazy because like he's spike lee now, yeah, I know he's made some stinkers, like the Old Boy remake, but that's besides the point. I don't know. It, it's just, I feel like they have to vote on it in such a way where it's like, hey, go ahead and say which movie you liked the best, but then go ahead and mark all the movies that you really liked and wouldn't mind the Oscar going to, and then they vote it that way. Because, I don't know, I can't really see... That many people saying Green Book is the best out of all those Nobody. Movies. I've never heard it from anybody who likes movies. Yeah, no, not me, really. I, I don't know. Uh, just a quick aside. Um, my my brother, my twin brother who's been on this podcast before, mm-hmm. uh, is just as big into fighting games as I am. And he uh, texted me and he said, uh, no guilty gear hurts me more than anything else at Evo. Well, there needs to be a new one. And there's Dragon Ball, so I guess there kind of is. So fuck it. Yeah, I guess technically. And there's Blaze Blue, so I guess kind of. There, they have two games there. What the fuck, three. Josh? They have three. What's the third one? Undernight. 
They also did Undernight? Right. Okay, so they get three games, that company. Fuck <laughs> off. I think Guilty Gear is almost basically at Evo. The new Guilty Gear is probably coming very soon. It's the same team that did Dragon Ball Fighters, so once they're done with that, they're going to make a new Guilty Gear game. I'm texting him this right now because he's stupid. <laughs> Fucking brother, dude. Just kidding. I love Josh. He's an idiot. But, uh, anyway. You got any more, uh, you know, like, I don't know. Just fuck the Oscars. They're so boring. I'm gonna move on to, uh, talking about movies for a little bit. Because I, I watched, uh, oh, God. Oh, sorry. Undernight is not a Arxis game. Oh, okay. I'm incorrect. They're, they're the, uh, they're the Melty Blood guys. Alright. So they have two games in there. But I forgot about the whole... I don't give a fuck about Undernight, honestly. Anyway. <laughs> Is that like Hollow Knight, except he's... Or Shovel Knight? Or like... Onion Knight? Onion Knight. <laughs> I'm trying to think of other knights that there are. <laughs> so I watched a couple movies over the weekend. I was supposed to go to the movie theater and watch the third one in this saga. But, oh yeah, go ahead. Uh, but I didn't yet. But I will. Uh, because it sounds fascinatingly dumb, but also maybe half good. So I watched Unbreakable. Hit classic film. Shyamalan's masterpiece. And I'm not even memeing. It actually is. That's the best M. Night Shyamalan movie. The Sixth Sense can eat a dick. Signs can eat a dick. Uh, <laughs> and then I watched Split, which is like... Is okay. Uh, I don't know. Josby, have you seen these movies at some point in your life? Yeah, I see both of them. Mm-hmm. So, let's talk about Unbreakable for a little bit. What do you think of Unbreakable? I like it. A lot. Unbreakable's a good movie. Uh, there's a couple things that have aged poorly. <laughs> uh, I, for instance, I really, really, really hate how the ending works. Because they frame it like it is a biographical film <laughs> because like when the big twist happens and we find out mr glass was behind the accidents and he was killing people to try and find a superhero spoilers for a really old movie guys uh and the instead of like showing us him get arrested and showing like bruce willis uh, his character uh calling the cops uh, they just go to a text on the screen over a still image that says, like, you know, Mr. Glass was arrested and is now residing in the insane asylum. Bruce Willis is doing okay. <laughs> like, shit, like, and I'm like, what? <laughs> this isn't a real movie. Sh this isn't a real story, Shyamalan. It's very decidedly not real because it's superheroes. But, I, you know, as someone that's a huge fan of comics and those stories, Unbreakable is really quite good as a modern, interesting take on it. At least at the time. Because it came out before the superhero craze happened, which we're in the middle of now. Which is when he's making the, uh, the third installment during uh so maybe that'll read more as a critique on superhero movies now i don't know i have to imagine it will to a certain degree because Shyamalan is a 
thinks he's smarter than everybody else. Eh. To a certain... Not for what I've heard. Uh, I, maybe he doesn't, but the movie might feel like that anyway. Not sure yet. I haven't seen Glass. I have no interest in seeing it. I do a bit, because I've heard a couple things, and I won't get into them. See, but I, I guess... I want to see them, but like, oh boy. We're kind of opposites, because I didn't like Split. See, I kind of did, but I kind of didn't. But like, I think I mostly did. I think I'm like at a, like a seventy percent on that kind of on that movie. What, what did you not like about Split? Let's get into that. Oh, okay. Well, I'll just put just put it out there right now that the thing I like most about Split obviously was James McAbaby. That's the thing I like the most about him too. Great. He is incredible. He's, He's a fantastic. great actor, and he puts in some work in that movie. I don't as like dumb as that movie is. He probably should have got a nod. I'm being serious. Yeah, he should have got agree. an acting nod because he's really fucking good. Oh my god! I don't like any of the other actors in that movie. There isn't that many, right? I don't like any of them. I think the girl's fine. Yeah, she was pretty good. It's okay. <laughs> well, I mean, okay. I don't think that's enough of a reason because it's mostly McAvoy. It's his movie. And God, can, can we can we talk about how dumb the plot of this thing is? It is. It's really dumb. Yeah, you know why? Because it's a comic book. Great. I'm glad you glad <laughs> waited until the very end of the movie to tell you that. But that made it work so good. I don't think so. That makes it all make sense. That's the only reason you like that movie. Sorta, but not really. Yeah, see, fuck that. See, this is why this is why this movie pisses me off. Okay. You okay. Know, th- sure. This is it. This is it right here. Right. That in- this the entire the entire breadth of this movie working well hinges on that twist at the very end of the film, the last scene of the fucking movie. The entire thing hinges on. What it. a crazy thing for M Night Shyamalan. Yeah, to it's do, stupid. Eh? I'm not gonna fucking. <laughs> I'm not giving that to him. I disagree. I don't think the entire movie hinges on it. I think the movie doesn't make much actual sense until that reveal. At least in terms of how it portrays certain things, like mental health. Because <laughs> this movie got a lot of flack I mean, you get when suspicious. it was first announced and there was first trailers because people were like, oh, great, exploiting people with dissociative identity disorder for a horror movie film. That's great. Thanks, Shyamalan. And really, this really was coming sweet. off fresh off of the visit that Shyamalan made, where uh, old people are crazy, <laughs> right? Uh, so it just seemed like a weird pattern. And and Glass takes place in a mental institution, so I'm sure there's more shit going on. He likes that kind of uncomfortable trope that, that's a little like hard to talk about. Like he approaches it in such an unrealistic way that I think it's okay. Like I'm not saying Shyamalan's a fucking asshole or anything. I'm He's saying... He's an asshole. I'm... S- <laughs> you just yelled at me for saying he thought he was better than everyone. I... I don't think he means to offend anyone with his portrayal of the mentally ill. Oh, I'm sure. I think he just wants to tell stories that have to do with psychological shit so much... That, that's just a byproduct of a lot of his stories. No, I, I can give you that, like, you start getting suspicious that it is, like, very supernatural, at least, when you start figuring out about the well, beast. Well, it has to be because of the beast, right? Right. When you start figuring out about the beast, you're like, okay, something else is going on here. Yeah. It, but I didn't think superhero shit until the end. You know what I thought? 
I thought it was supernatural shit. Until the end of the movie. It is. It's both. That's entirely how it's framed by the entire Unbreakable movie. Right. That's Mr. Glass's entire thesis statement. Is that superheroes were like gods. And then just like down the years, the stories got kidified and turned into comic books. The Beast kind of sounds like a more ancient thing when they first start describing it. Right. And that kind of intrigued me a bit, but then they never really capitalized on it. I do agree with you about certain aspects of it, because it felt kind of hurried along and like, let's just get to the the part where it's eating people <laughs> right. and shit. And like, I feel like they could have expanded upon like, like... Why does it exist? I feel like the first... How does it exist? The first half of the movie is actually paced pretty well. But then, like, it it kind of goes off a cliff. And, like, I think that's okay, but I think it went a little too fast. I think the last third of that movie is probably the worst part of it. Oh, yeah, Except for the scene when the Unbreakable shit happens, because that's, like, actually incredibly hype, even though it's, like, just in a diner and it's a boring scene. But, like, I'll talk about that in a minute. Because I think what he does there is kind of... Brilliant. I think it single-handedly saves the movie and everybody gives it credit because of that. I don't want to give it too much credit and because of that. I don't think it deserves because it. Because I already knew that was happening. Now, call, call me a grumbly goo, but, okay. but I you don't get to bail yourself out like that. I agree. I won't give it to him. I don't think he bailed himself out, Yeah, though. he did. I think... Yeah, he, he fucking did. No, he didn't because he made a movie that got really bad reviews afterwards. <laughs> So That's I don't know fair. how much he bailed himself out. Glass could suck. I could see Glass oh, and be like, this wasn't tail. worth it. It's off the tail of people saying, like, Unbreakable is, like, almost, like, unanimously declared, like, his second best film, right? Yes. So when you just grab something off the coattails of it and you show, like, ooh, we're going back on Unbreakable, boys! Everybody freaks the fuck out. According to Shyamalan, and you can believe this if you want or not. I don't, but go ahead. Okay. The Beast <laughs> was supposed to be... In Unbreakable. No, it wasn't. No way. I have a theory that he's on the level with this, but hang on. So, he said that in writing the script, he had the idea for this horde, and it was going to be a supernatural superhero villain thing, because Glass couldn't fight Bruce Willis or anything, so he couldn't be like the hand-to-hand villain. But he wanted to have a superhero fight in the movie. So... He, he took that out because it complicated the movie too much. And I would agree that it would. Right. I, I Because that movie is about Superman and Lex Luthor, basically. You don't need another... You don't need Bizarro in it, too. You know what I mean? Like, you just get that out. So... But there's hints that he was going to do this in Unbreakable. Because the very first comic book you see is Superman fighting a like beast creature and it says the beast on the comic book and i'm like that's interesting isn't it (laughs) that's not really an allegory for superman fighting lex luther that's superman fighting a like beast supervillain thing but uh hey that happens in glass interesting so maybe he did intend for that to be, and then he just made it. But, like, why did he wait so long to make the movie about it? There's a lot of questions that don't make sense. Right. 
it could just be like a really underdeveloped idea and he just like wasn't interested in making it or didn't know how to make it and maybe he still didn't when he did make it because there's parts that don't work it feels like it's a different movie until that shit starts happening there's a lot of questions that i wish were answered by it and that's kind of how a lot of Shyamalan movies go like it's like the big twist happens and it's like ooh, everything makes sense but then it doesn't because so yeah the beast has superpowers it eats people but none of the other personalities do. So is he a person that if he didn't have dissociative identity disorder, would he just have super strength like Bruce Willis's character? I don't know. Because no the idea. movie never fucking talks about that one bit. I assume he only has superpowers when he's the beast. Right, that's the idea. Because it's heavily implied that his mom's abuse of him led to him having dissociative identity disorder. This isn't a superpower. His superpower isn't that he has 24 personalities. His superpower... Is the beast. Is the beast, which I think he would just have if he wasn't, like, had multiple personalities. I don't know. I guess that's the way I'm going to have to look at it, because that's the only way I can really make it And I doubt Glass actually tells you. I highly doubt that Glass tells you. Uh, Glass probably doesn't go into his other personalities as much. And neither did this movie. One of the things I can say I'm a little disappointed with with McAvoy in that movie is there are five personalities, even though they're supposed to be 24. There's Dennis. And there's there's Patricia. And there's Hedwig. And there's, uh, I forget the one that's like, wears 90s clothes. Uh, But half of the time that's Dennis pretending to be that one, which is that's interesting. I like that, and that leads more credence to, like, or credentials to me saying McAvoy is a fucking good actor in this. Because he acted as a character pretending to be another character. <laughs> but, you know, he, he <laughs> acted cool ass shit. off in that movie. He was great. And then The Beast. And, and, like, but then there's other ones. There's, like, a history teacher one. And then, like, all these other ones that they just, they just touch upon very briefly. They don't get to take the light, as they say in the movie, like, ever. I would have liked to see all the other personalities. They didn't go to, into any of them. Just like five. And at least the five they gave us were interesting. But I didn't go to see... The, like, if, if you're only going to use five, maybe just say he has five personalities. Instead of saying he has 24! Whoa! No, yeah, it's he has 23 toothbrushes! Whoa! Yes, we can go like, whoa, this man is crazy! Whoa, he's fucking nuts! But, okay, so the unbreakable scene works so well and it wouldn't work well at all if it wasn't for the music and this worked for me better because i watched it right after watching unbreakable the theme song in unbreakable is very distinctive and sounds unique i really like the score in unbreakable it's different yeah uh that plays at the end of split just straight up it just it's the unbreakable theme it's not split theme it's the unbreakable theme. And as soon as it starts playing, if you noticed it, you'd probably be excited. Because you're like, what? <laughs> and that's kind of a genius way to do that. Because it's not... It's subtle, but at the same time, extremely obvious. But you just might not make the association because Unbreakable came out in, like, 2002. <laughs> so it might not be at the forefront of your mind to think about that. But I'm sure there's people that... We're like, oh shit, that's the Unbreakable theme before they even saw Bruce Willis. Obviously, that's the major catalyst for like, oh shit, this is in that universe and they're going to do superhero crap later. 
But I think the score actually carries that whole scene and makes it like heightened for me. It makes that moment work for me, is what I'm trying to say. Okay. Because uh, really, that scene, nothing happens. It's just like, wow, that reminds me of that guy that did the train bombings. What was his name? And Bruce Willis goes, Mr. Glass. And that's it. It's just in a diner. It's not like the end of the movie is David Dunn bursting into the cell and beating up the beast or anything. I think that happens in Glass. At least judging from the trailers, he stops him from killing some uh, cheerleaders. I think my biggest problem with the movie is it, it kind of uh, approaches abuse very weirdly. Oh, yeah. Uh, because, so our lead character, the, the girl... <laughs> forget her name uh is molested by her uncle and has to live with him now when her dad dies and that's sad and fucked up uh so because she's been abused she has self-harm scars on her stomach and arms and shit uh mcavoy <laughs> kidnapped these girls because they were innocent and or, or like or something like that, and he so he was gonna eat the innocent or whatever the fuck. I I don't remember. I don't fucking care. The the, the ooh clean hearts or whatever the fuck. I don't know what he was saying. It was something vague. Uh, so, but then she wasn't. So he leaves her alone at the end. So, whether he intended this or not, Shyamalan basically rewards the final girl by being emotionally and physically abused she's rewarded for this and gets to live and if she didn't get molested by her uncle and didn't inflict self-harm upon herself she would have been dead and that's weird that's really weird and i don't know if that sends the message you want to send no at all now does it really matter no because it's just a movie about guy that's crazy it will be really strong and then ooh, superheroes so ultimately it doesn't matter but i just felt that like yeah that's a very critiquable aspect of that movie and something that made me feel kind of grody i didn't like it bottom line i feel like split gets more props than it deserves because of the end of that movie that's really it. I think it's a very okay movie. It does. With some great acting in it. I care more about the McAvoy is, parts than the Bruce Willis yeah, part. Yeah, so, it's you know. carried in the eyes of people by the Unbreakable Connection. That's all I got to say about it. I guess so. I don't know. I didn't hate it. I don't know if I'd watch it again. Though, I didn't hate it much. either. I just, like, I thought, it was, eh, it's okay. It wasn't great. I didn't like it that much. I think I'm interested enough that I want to see what Glass is because I don't know how you balance a movie when one of your characters is 24 characters. Remember how you, uh... How I just said that he cut him out of Unbreakable <laughs> because it was going to be too much shit going on? Yep, guess what? Yeah! <laughs> I wonder how Glass is going to feel. Well, all right. Fuck we watched that a better shit. movie. Oh my god, we did. Continuing the alien shit 
we're on. We aliens. watched yeah, Aliens, directed by James Cameron. Yeah. And, uh, God, I fucking love that movie so much. I'm glad we're talking about this now. It's a lot more comfortable oh, to talk about. Oh, it's so good. Uh, it's so good. I feel like I'm being attacked for enjoying Split, but also critiquing it a lot. Just being. You enjoyed it because of, because of like, two things. Yeah, well, the one thing was, like, 80% of the movie, right. so that's pretty good, I guess. Sometimes a movie can have a bad ending and still be, like, good. You know what's a good ending? Aliens! Yeah, Because that's that's the flip side. I'm not saying that 80% of Aliens is bad, because 100% of Aliens is good. But the last 20% of Aliens... Is based. ...is the best part of maybe the entire franchise. Maybe. Aliens, great, but the end of Aliens. Alien Queen uses an elevator. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I didn't really think about that. Did it hit the button? Oh, it had to. What else was it going to do? I didn't know what button to hit. How else did it get up there? It got lucky. Well, it could have crawled. No, get hard. It rode the elevator. I didn't really think about that. That's kind of amazing. So what's the basic plot of Aliens? Okay. Post-Alien. Yeah. Where you've you've got... You've got good good old Goosey Goose trapped up in the big old Icy Ice. Who? (laughs) Are you talking about... I'm talking about Ripley. Oh, okay. So not Goose... Goosey not Ryan goose. Gosling, not a geese, <laughs> not any of that. She have Ripley. Remember how everyone died in Alien? So she's the only one left with Cat and Pod. Right, in Frozen Pod. And then they find her, and it's oh. like, oh, cool. So, cool. Everything's great, right? No. Everything sucks. Yeah, 50-something, I think it's 57 years have passed. Yeah, and she's told that, and she's shocked, and then she finds out that uh, her daughter has been dead for uh, a couple years now, because, you know, she aged during that time. Oof. And Ripley did not. Yeah, and Ripley really sad, because she last saw her daughter when she was, like, nine. About to have her tenth birthday, and she was like, I'll be back before your birthday. Your eleventh. Yikes. That sucks. Anyway, <laughs> and that creates like kind of a kind of a dynamic that's useful later on in the movie, and that's why that happened. Aliens is about moms is of many shapes and sizes. <laughs> it's about <laughs> it's about moms and blowing shit up. Yeah, and that's, that's what I love about this movie. <laughs> Clean your fucking room, bitch. <laughs> Oh. So so you got Ripley. She's fucking. She's fucked up. She's pissed off. And then uh, they're like, "All right, we're gonna talk about what happened now." And then they're like, "Fuck you, Ripley. Aliens don't exist. You silly dummy." <sighs> fucking FBI from X Files up in here. You figure fifty seven years later they would have found something. No. Nope. Th- this is the only thing I think is kind of a dumb plot point in this movie. The only thing, the only problem with this movie arises here, mm-hmm. where it's like. They're talking, well, we colonized on this planet. We've been there for years. Yeah. 
Not 57 of them, but yeah. But yeah, they've been there for a few years now. Since it, they said it takes two years just to install the air system there. Here's a good question. It. So uh, let's say, for example, uh, we send out some people to go explore, I don't know, the Bermuda Triangle. And uh, they fucking die. And we never hear from them again. We just know that they went to the Bermuda Triangle and died. Do we immediately go to live at the Bermuda Triangle or not? What do you think, Justin? (laughs) Do you think we go there knowing what we know? That, like, we sent someone to check it out, see how it is, and then they just died and we never heard from them again? Do you think we go live there now? What? Apparently... Just go live there? Apparently... That's a little weird. The the military and, like, the government, by the way, which all the evil shit that happened to Alien was because of a corporation. So, under the normal government... What's that commentary? Right. So, the normal government, when they were when they were talking to Ripley in that scene, uh, all the, apparently all the information they got was that they landed on that planet for an unknown reason, and the android went haywire, and that's why they all died. Yeah. That was that was the understanding. Going oh, okay, into that scene. so they didn't really think there was anything wrong with that planet. Right. I still think... would have been a little wary of it. Right. You really can speak you land on I'm, that planet and you take I'm off. Maybe I'm smarter than Mega back. Corporation, Weilani, Yulani, whatever the hell it was called. Is that a uh, Blade Runner reference, the second name? Uh, I think so. Because uh, that's canon with aliens, I think. It's not enough canon for me to consider it part of these because they don't go into aliens you know we're not uh, we're not we're not close enough to harrison ford <laughs> fighting aliens yet i think it was just a nice but little old boy will get there with how hollywood is so. I, I think it was just like a just like a callback or like an like an homage to blade runner yeah that would make sense if blade runner was even out at that time because i don't actually know well and i think it had to have been if it is a reference but i don't know for sure even if not, you could uh, just talk about it, you know, it, uh, do you have so, to shoot electric sheep? But, uh... Oh, yeah, thanks. So... You, so Ripley's all pissed off because nobody believes that there's aliens. And surprise! Everybody, there's fucking aliens! Yeah, well, well you know, hey, yeah. <laughs> so, for 57 years... Well, not... I don't know. Let's say they've been on this planet for 10. Right. Ten years. Uh, for ten years, no one has found this one ship. Now, it's a pretty big moon, I guess. Uh, it is a moon, right? I'm not sure, actually. I think they alluded it to planet. it being a moon. Well, it's a moon or a planet. Either way, that's pretty big. You know, hey, you don't... There's still parts of the world that we live on that people haven't discovered yet. Because it's hard to get through. And this is a place with, like, big winds and deserts and shit. So, you know, hey... Maybe maybe it is hard to go find that ship. But uh still takes them a really long time to find this big giant U-shaped ship. Uh but they do and then boom there's aliens. Oops. The aliens are back and there's more than one of them. Hence the title of the film, Aliens. So with an S. So government like, "Oh fuck, we got to figure this shit out." So they they get a hold of the navy. <laughs> the, the, the marines, you mean? The Earth, mar- they're they're yeah, yeah yeah they're marines. It's the marines. Sorry. Yeah. It's the it is the Earth Marine Corps. Yeah. Hoorah! 
butter, brother. Ooh. And they're ready to go fuck shit up. You got a bunch of meathead jackasses ready oh, to suit up and shoot some shit. My God, are they fucking meatheads. <laughs> Jeebus Christ. So, yeah, what basically happens is they don't hear back from the colony. And they're like, hey, Ripley, uh, I know you just escaped alien, but, like, you want to go be an alien, too? Because, like, you know about him. <laughs> and she's like, no way. And then she's like, fuck, I'm having nightmare about aliens, and I can't really. I, what I imply is that she can't really sleep well thinking about. Those are still out there somewhere. Right. So she's like, yeah, I'll go, as long as we're going to. Kill him. And the guy's like, yeah, we're going to kill him. That's the plan. <laughs> and then they go. <laughs> <laughs> we'll sure kill him, Rip. <laughs> yeah, that's the plan. Oh, lol. So they go with a uh, big meathead squad. You got Colonel Cigar. You got the one that does the sex jokes. Oh, that's all of them. Fuck. You got girl who does pull-ups. You got game over, man. <laughs> you know, basically this is your cannon fodder for the movie. Because if you saw the first Alien, you might have somewhat of an idea of uh, how many people are going to die in this movie. Which is all of them, basically. Except Ripley. So, um... Uh, this is, uh, I guess, admittedly from James Cameron... Meant to be a bit of an allegory for, uh, who would have guessed the war in Vietnam? Because, uh, you got a bunch of, you know, the, the dialogue between our Marines here is, uh, heavily based around, uh, typical dialogue from, uh, soldiers during that era in Vietnam. Uh, you have your overconfident soldiers who are just like, yeah, we're going to get in here, kick some ass, and just extinguish them. And then they come across uh, the Viet Cong, or in this case, aliens, uh, who <laughs> don't have the technology, but they're really good at killing you, and our soldiers are woefully underprepared, it turns out. Despite being overconfident at first. That's kind of the allegory he was going for, well, I guess. They were technically prepared. And here's what, what was oh, really no, interesting. Oh, no, they had a shitload of guns. But, hey, maybe the mismanagement had something to do with it, too. What's that? Vietnam. <laughs> yeah, that's really what... What's funny is they actually walked in there with probably enough firepower to really fuck them up. Right? Yeah. Um, but circumstance and bad management forced them to not use their best weapons. So they were stuck with fire. Y yeah. Oh, wait. That's also a Vietnam thing. Oh, my God. Whoa. I guess it's obvious now. Uh, there's also a bit of uh, Starship Troopers in there. Uh, the book, not the movie. Although, okay. yeah, also the movie, because that's about a very, very, very totalitarian military, uh, not not great society. Uh, but then people mistake it for being just a like lol. They just shoot the bugs movie, even though it's actually a political commentary. Starship right. Troopers is underrated. I love that movie. <sighs> 
My favorite part of that movie is when Neil Patrick Harris goes, it's afraid, and then everybody cheers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so good. It's, it's oh so, my god. It's so fucked up, though. <laughs> right. That's that's a movie if the aliens had feelings and were like, no, and don't kill us, ah, the whole time. The concept of this movie would be entirely different. Right. But, uh, hey, oops. Uh, actually, it's just a, a horror movie. Which is good. Uh, except it's horror action, I guess. The, is it more action or horror? Because it does lean... It doesn't show you as much of the action as I remember. Uh, there's only brief moments where aliens' heads explode and then they cut away. Uh, a lot of the killing of aliens happens by turret guns and you don't see all of that. I guess the last 20 minutes of the movie are the most action-y parts. Yeah, it's sprinkled in. But it's not, like, confident action. It's, like, ah, fuck, sh shit action. Running away and crying in terror action. So it's still very much rooted in horror. And yeah, I think absolutely. it works really well because of that. Yeah, it, it kinda, so. it's Maybe it's more like, you know, like, where the first Alien is kind of like a Halloween-esque horror movie where there's a killer... In an enclosed location trying to kill everybody there and he succeeds until there's only one left this is kind of more like a zombie movie in a way do you know what i mean yeah because there's this outside monsters that are trying to get in and you gotta block all the exits and you have this small you know net of survivors and, you know, some of them are assholes. And they have internal disagreements. And that leads to everything fucking up later. And slowly but surely our heroes uh, all, all die. And uh, we only got a few survivors at the end. Very much a zombie movie in that kind of sense. Yeah. like Which is interesting. It, it's only because, like... I haven't watched Aliens in a long time, and I don't know, like, the which one released first, but, like, I... Because, like, a few months ago, we watched... Well, almost a year ago now, we watched Day of the Dead, right? And then yeah. we watched Aliens. Similar vibes. Day of the Dead was before, so it was Dawn and Night. Oh, okay. Cool. This is most like Night, because it's literally just, like... It's a space station, sure. But it's basically people boarded up in a house, trying to keep the monsters out, for a good chunk of the movie. And that intrigues me a lot, because it is very much the same. And I don't think Cameron has necessarily talked about that being a direct influence, but, like, I don't know. Maybe this movie doesn't exist if Romero doesn't make those movies. I think a lot of movies it's don't possible. exist. It's possible. It's very possible. Right. So, hey, you have them all boarding up. There's a bunch of internal drama. Also, there's a little girl. Newt! Her name's Newt. And, uh... Ripley's still, like, absolutely tormented by the loss of her daughter, so she, like, clings to this bitch like it's her daughter. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, uh, the girl's, like, same, because <laughs> mom died. Uh, no, it's a mutually beneficial relationship, nothing wrong with it. Yeah, Newt is a good character, actually. Yeah, I, I like, like Newt a lot, because it's, I feel like it's really easy when you have a little kid in a movie to fuck that up and make that not a sympathetic character and more of an annoying one. Really easy. Uh, whether it's by the writing or the acting. But Aliens has is good on both fronts. Yeah, and it so makes you it care really about succeeds. her. Yeah. I care about their relationship, actually, because it feels like a good one. Uh, as opposed to 
just you know drama for the sake of drama. Right. Well, they they have it this... feels like it actually works with the story they're telling. Well, they hit on this connection where they they both lost their loved ones and they both have experienced the terror of aliens. Right. <laughs> so they just kind of like it makes them bond together well, and it makes you care about that bond. Yeah. They did a good job. Cam Cam. Mm. Interesting. Hey, remember Resident Evil 2? <laughs> yeah. I, I really just now realized how much that rips off aliens. Oh my god. Oops. Sherry is Newt. Claire is Ripley. Leon doesn't really have a clear. <laughs> Leon is Leonardo DiCaprio. Who was cut out of Aliens as far as I know. Oh, I mean, that's man. a different type of... Like, it's basically just, like, two sets of horror movie tropes mashed together. Resident yeah. Evil 2. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I would think so. And so, everything eventually... So, they're, they're stuck on this place because their, their escape ship got fucked. And they're like, oh, we're fucked. And they gotta find... Game over, out. man! Game over! So the original plan is just to uh just to, ha- to hunker down for seventeen hours till help comes. And as as most zombie movies go, right? But that quickly gets diverted into uh we have four hours fuck until this reactor explodes and we all die. Mm-hmm. We gotta do something right now. As as pointed out by uh, I think my favorite character in the movie is uh Bishop. Yeah, he's really I good. Think. I love Bishop. They they took the complete opposite route with the android as they did in the every first other one. movie in this franchise, right? Uh, which is cool because I'm tired of the robot being a dickhead. Well, it's fun because like it's fun to have a robot be a villain because it's a it's a weird, uh, you know, praise on people's fears concept. Apologies, you know? audience. I bumped the mic. Yeah. Uh, well, I like it a lot because it's. You have the direct reflection of Alien 1, and it creates just a... It's a minor point of contention, but it's a point of contention nonetheless. Where Ripley's like, fuck you, I don't trust you. And then grows to trust him by the end of the movie. Yeah. And that's that, fine. That development made me really appreciate him as a character, actually. Yeah. Uh, well, because, like he was saying at the beginning of the movie, all he's wired to do is give a fuck about humans, so... That's cool. And, like, they were talking about, like... Androids were more easily manipulatable back then. And he gets cut in half and lives, which is dope. He's, he's, he's not a human. Well, yeah. Well, the other guy died. He was less advanced. He was also, like, literally fucking destroyed. Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. Well, yeah. He was just a head. That's true. And also, Ripley totally left his head oh, on the no. ship. Oh, no. Yeah, no. He can activate with just the head because they hook him back up. To right. Talk to him they also unhooked they him. Unhook him. <laughs> right. So I guess if you unhook Bishop, he's dead. But they didn't. Which is pretty cool. Uh, I liked him a lot. I don't know. I I I, I kind of take it back though. Like Ripley's obviously the heart and core of this movie, and why it even works at all. Probably that has to be my favorite character then. Oh, she once again. Because that's the only excellent like choice really. Uh, interesting to note. Sigourney Weaver got a Best Actress nod for this movie. This is a science fiction horror action movie, by the way. That doesn't happen ever. But it was directed by James Cameron. Ooh, I guess that helps. But this is a little bit before he was as popular as he was. 
Uh, Cameron had the Terminator under his belt, and that's kind of why he got to do this. Because uh, he was... Uh, from what I read, actually, Cameron wrote Aliens while directing the Terminator. Which is wild. <laughs> and he Holy even shit. said some scenes in the Terminator were basically dry runs for doing similar scenes better in Aliens. That's lit. Which is really cool. <laughs> Not that Terminator's bad, but like, no, yeah, a... Aliens is better. No, Terminator's a fine movie, but it... Terminator isn't lit till Terminator 2, and then it stops being lit right after Terminator 2. Yeah. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> that might be Cameron's best movie. Hard to say, though. Terminator, Terminator 2 is great. No, Aliens is his best movie. Yeah, probably, but God, I really like Terminator 2. Terminator 2 probably hasn't aged as well. I haven't seen either of these since I was a kid. Until, like, today with Aliens. So, maybe I should... Well, we'll do a Terminator in review, and then we'll stop at 2. One of these days. I'm in. <laughs> we just stop at 2. There's no reason to watch Genesis. <laughs> Fuck off. Although they're making another one that apparently is going to uh, do the Halloween reboot thing. Where they're like, oh, let's only say the good ones are canon. And for Halloween, that was the first one. The second one was really good, too. I agree, but get rid of the sister-brother dynamic. So I agree. I understand why they did that. But yeah, yeah New Terminator is only going to be one and two are canon. Uh, and then Judgment Day didn't happen in three. Which I prefer, because that undermines two. But anyway, back to Cameron. Uh, so he writes Aliens while he's making this, and he decides to, uh, like, he's making Terminator, and the studio says, all right, if Terminator's successful, then you can do Aliens, but you need to give us, a tr like, a script soon. So that's why he writes it during Terminator. And then he hands it in, and after Terminator comes out and is a huge success. So they're like, oh, yeah, well, fuck yeah, you can do Aliens. But then there's, like, a couple other shady things where, like, he writes this entire script under the notion that Sigourney Weaver's gonna be fucking in it because no shit. What what kind of movie, what kind of sequel would you have without her in it? Right. And then they're like, uh, nah, I don't know. The studio's like a dickhead about it. And they're like, I don't know if she's a big enough draw or I don't know if we want to pay her that much. You know, ooh, actresses, am I right? But, uh, so, and then Cameron's like, fuck off. <laughs> I was under the assumption that I'm making a sequel to Alien, and she's the only fucking person left alive. So, it's gonna have her in it. And they're like, okay, and then he, like, really fought for her to be the focal point. Because the studio didn't really give a shit. They just, I feel like they just wanted to capitalize on the name. It took them a while to do it, though. Because this came out the next decade after Alien. Uh, like, I think seven years later or something. I don't know exactly. I could do the math, but I'm lazy. That's fair. <laughs> so, I, I'm really happy that Cameron pulled for her, because, obviously, everyone knows who she is now. Well, she's amazing. And she got a nod for Best Actress, and that's quite something for a movie about a big, giant gross fucking thing that lays eggs from a big old sack thing. Riding an elevator. Riding an elevator. <laughs> and you have to fight it by getting in the robot. <laughs> so good. Look, all right. So 
Yeah, they're like, oh, fuck, we got four hours left to, to, to get this bitch fixed. And there's an evil corporation guy there, and he tries to do evil corporation guy things. Oh, but fuck that guy. But he soon after dies, because fuck him. Is that a good twist? Like, do you think he's on the level at any point? Or no? No. Yeah, I didn't think so either. But they also disregarded him pretty quick, and I enjoyed that. Yeah, well, I mean, he he does what happens to most characters that show their true colors in a stressful situation, you know. Uh, just a- any myriad examples from horror movies ever. They immediately get killed by the monster. Just everyone from him to, like, the lawyer getting eaten off the toilet in Jurassic Park to uh, a police chief in Resident Evil 2. You know, everybody gets killed by the monster when they're an asshole during <laughs> bad, bad times. <laughs> Don't be an asshole during bad times is what I'm trying to say here. It doesn't really work out. Because you have to get that cosmic comeuppance <laughs> when the alien kills you. Oops. So, uh, yeah. The end of this movie where Ripley goes back to save Newt before uh, everything goes to shit is easily the best part. And the most dank. (laughs) Just Ripley being badass, killing aliens, looking for Newt, and then she fights the uh, alien queen. Uh, In quite possibly the best ha fooled you the movie's not over ever made. I think. Which Cameron likes that. Oh, absolutely. Speaking of Terminator. I mean, that was also a thing from the first one as well. Yes, it was. It is very much from it, but, like, they sell the fact that the movie's over way better than Alien did. Because they even play, like, nice music and shit. And they're just having a nice conversation, and then just, like, oops. That drip, drip acid. And then it's on. It's just so, it's so like, it's almost just like smash cutting to someone dying, which they basically do. Yeah, they basically do that. <laughs> it it's works so, cool. so well because it's almost just like a jump scare, but it's more effective than a jump scare because it's being, you know, those are the resorts of bad directors. Yeah, this one, this is a hype generator. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> oops, it's time for the final boss fight. You thought the game was over. But no. And she has to uh, punch Alien in face with crane operator robot. Yeah, so Shinji gets in the fucking robot (laughs) and goes to fucking town in a a very careful, concentrated hand-to-hand combat with a fucking giant queen alien. Fuck it. (laughs) Who rode an elevator just a little bit ago. I want to keep stressing this. Shoutouts to the Oscars that Alien did win, which were... Special effects. Because, oh my god. Now, not everything has aged well in this movie. But oh, the like, backdrops? I think the Alien Queen looks dope. Oh yeah, absolutely. I agree. And that was apparently the hardest thing for them to film. Because they needed, like... It's it's not just a one puppeteer job. That is a lot of people making that thing move. And everybody has to be doing their part. And it has to also not look like shit. Uh, today... They'd be like, that's too much work, and it would be CGI as fuck. And I don't think it would have worked as good. In fact, we have evidence that it doesn't work as good, because there's other Alien movies where they're CGI now. Like Covenant. Not nearly as good when it's just CGI. 
I think the artistry of bringing to life a fucking puppet monstrosity and making it believable, especially when it looks as fucking stupid as the alien queen, <laughs> is quite commendable. I would have to say. Yeah. I don't know. I, like the design is not, it's not stupid. I don't know if that's the right word, but it's it's out there. It's extra as fuck. Yeah, the whole like it's like, like they took the concept for an alien and just made it so extra. Yeah. I guess if you look at like Alien Queen designed by Cameron by the way, not if, uh HR Have you ever Geiger seen shit. a Have you ever seen a Queen Bee? Yeah. A little bit like that. It's like an extra B. So, like, I understand... <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a B plus. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, I understand their concept of what they did there. Yeah, it's it's a B, but, like, there's way more B going on. Right. I get it. The fucking, like, egg sack dropper that, like, is a series of tubes... Gross. Yeah. Like, Gross it's connected to, like, a Burger King fucking playground. <laughs> <laughs> the eggs drop down and go through the slide tubes. On on a, like what? on a big nice boy TV, you can see that they used uh, cut up sheets mm-hmm. for like some of the shit around the tubes, and like that's fine. I you know in the moment I don't really notice that. So that's I noticed fine. it, but I look for that kind of stuff, so it's my fault. <laughs> there's a couple times when you can tell, like in the first Alien, there's a shot where like that's clearly just a dude, <laughs> you right. know. But like. For the most part, I think I enjoy how well the effects hold up. There's a couple out of place, mainly spaceship shots. Those are so hard to do back then. For sure. Those are things that I would like, you know, there's some moments where I'm like, yeah, CGI is fine. And hell, I'm not even totally against the alien being CGI, but I'm so much more impressed. And I so much more am engaged when... I know it's an effect, and I know it's not CGI, but it's like, how the fuck did they do that? Right. That shit is good. Oh, that's 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 the shit I live for. Yeah. The magic of movies, if you will. <laughs> Which has died. Yeah. Thanks, George Lucas. It's died. I think I'm going to blame George Lucas. I think I can blame George Lucas. I think it's a fact. Because he's like, you know... He used to be the guy that was like, hey, practical. And then he was like, hey, CGI Jabba the Hutt, and Tawn steps on his tail. God damn it. <sighs> anyway, back to the good thing. <laughs> That's not the good thing? Damn. This is... Aliens is... This pair of movies we just watched, Alien and Aliens, is a pair of the... Two of the two of the best sci-fi movies ever made, easily. Two of the best movies ever made, maybe just in general. Right, and they're both in the same series, and that's quite crazy. Well, it's just so fascinating. It goes to shit after this a little bit. Oh, very hard. But Alien hey, three, Alien three, do? fucking sucks. Well, 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 we're not going to get to that right away. We have two Predator movies to watch. We next. have two other good movies to watch. Well, that's right. That's well, right. Let's Predator. One at least. Predator two is good, and we'll get real hard into that in two weeks. Oh, but God. Predator two is a good movie. I haven't seen Predator two since I was a little kid, and I remember nothing about it besides there was a sex scene that I rewinded to a lot because I was young. <laughs> That sex scene is so funny. It, it's not a good sex scene either, from what I remember. And there is uh, the predator says want some candy. 
Uh, oh, and a bunch of like elder predators hand Danny Glover a gun at the end of the movie. Yeah, they do. Which is so cool. Good. And then there's Great. the first uh, Easter egg that hints at the future because there's an alien skull in the background. The Xenomorph skull. Right. Not, you know, because I guess they're Let all you know, a bunch hey, of aliens. Hey, skulls. wink, wink, nudge, nudge. These are in the same universe. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, except, you know, I the potential is never realized completely. We never got a movie with Sigourney Weaver and Arnold Schwarzenegger in it. That would have been dope. I don't think they've ever been in a movie together. I'm not sure. No, probably not. Two of the biggest uh, action heroes ever. Basically. Yeah. And uh, that, you know, that seems like it'd be a done deal and that movie would have already been made if uh, these movies came out closer to the modern era. Also, can we talk about, like, all right, so even though she, I know she probably accomplished great things as as a scientist aboard the first craft she was on, mm-hmm. as, as you know, in the first Alien, mm-hmm. but Ripley fully realized her scientific ability when she duct-taped a flamethrower to a pulse <laughs> rifle. <laughs> oh yeah that was amazing uh i love that they use the highly advanced future technology of duct tape duct tape will always be applicable even mm-hmm. fucking 100 years from now guarantee you duct tape is applicable sure i mean yeah that's fair oh man duct tape's the goat and and ripley knows that She's like, I'm going to put some of this goat sauce all over these two weapons. Man. <laughs> and it worked out well. And none of the, none of the meathead dumb marines thought about that shit. Whatever, whatever who cares if it's not the code? Too busy talking you could about have a, pussy. The only pussy they got was the alien queen. Dude. That weapon is a pulse rifle, a flamethrower, and a grenade launcher, and a little girl tracker rolled up into one. <laughs> And that's sick. Yeah, that's really it's 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 you know, it's like four guns for the price of one. Thanks, duct tape. <laughs> yeah. With flex tape, you can make any gun two guns. <laughs> so, uh, what's the verdict on? Uh, is this a better movie than Alien? No, I don't think so either. I think I would still say Alien is better. It's 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 like close as fuck, but it's almost like tied in my head. Because they're very different kinds of movies. That's what makes this so good, and why this I think the Alien to Alien sequel is like such a special thing. Yeah, is that you took you took that original concept, which is a very enclosed, very scary, very tense horror movie, right? And you you turned it into a pseudo action film, broadened it the fuck out. And Not do just it one alien, so, but like 500 of them. Right, and do it so successfully. And like, we, we haven't seen that since. No, it doesn't happen. There's not a lot of sequels that come that, like, like that's like the Godfather 2 of sci-fi. <laughs> right. Basically. Yeah. Uh, just because good sequels don't happen that often. I think one of the only other things I could think of, and these are extremely different, not even, almost not even the same genre, but I guess they technically are, is like, maybe Guardians 1, Guardians 2. Yeah, not even. Yeah, not even, because they're not really sci-fi, because, they're like superheroes. But they're the same in tone, and like, what, Aliens has a completely different tone from Alien. Yeah, I guess you could say that. It's like, it's, 
I guess Godfather 2 has a similar tone to Godfather right. 1. This is just a 180, and then it still works. And it works in and of itself, and also attached to the first one, but also has its own entire separate entity. Yeah, it's great. there's probably tons of fucking dads out there who haven't even watched Alien, but love Aliens. And then there's tons of fucking film critics that, like, don't really care about aliens but love alien and then there's the majority of people who have seen both love both right because that's the correct opinion it absolutely is join us next week for our next correct opinion where predator is number three on our list we'll see i might disappoint you about that'd be amazing (laughs) well i need to see it again but uh i'll tell you what uh, Predator is one of my favorite movies. No, I love Predator. Hundred percent. I absolutely uh, love Predator. I love how that movie spends the first half of, like, first basically half of that movie. That's a different just, movie than right. the rest of the movie. Yeah, it's so sick. That's an action movie that turns into a horror movie. That's a meathead bro ass bro action fucking shoot everything movie. Yeah. That turns into something fucking terrifying. No, that's Commando turns into Halloween. Right. As opposed to. The Aliens, which is action and horror all the time combined. It's like Commando Halloween. Yeah, but at the same time... It's like time, Halloween goes Commando. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Michael Myers <laughs> isn't wearing underwear, is what you're saying to me right now. I don't... Did he ever? Do you have proof? Uh, well, you never really looked. Let's look. No, Wait. thanks. Uh, all right, guys, see you guys later. I'm gonna go look. You think his pee-pee burn off? Yeah, it is! <laughs>